Hey guys, Roy here, and you're listening to the Balanced Mail Podcast series. Now, today's episode is a follow-up episode to my episode I did that was on grief. And the reason I wanted to do this follow-up episode is, one, I wanted to expand more on sort of the practicals, uh, the things that I've used while I'm living with grief and healing from grief, because I feel like sometimes... When people are telling the stories, they these practicals sort of get lost in the story. And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to sort of tell my story, to get it out there, to come from the heart like I said I wanted to do. But I know that there's some people, and, and I, I'm in this same boat, that you want takeaways. You want things that you can apply in these situations, whether it be you specifically dealing with grief and you want the practicals, or it's you have a loved one that is dealing with grief and, and you want to help them more. And uh, so that's what this is going to focus on. I, I'm just going to kind of kind of strip down my original story and focusing specifically on the things that I've done, uh, the misconceptions, and how I can move forward in grief. And really the first thing that I want to talk about is when you're living with grief and you're healing from this, it's a work in progress. Um, You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have times when you think, you know, I've got this, I am on it, this is great, life is good, let's go, and then you're going to get smacked in the head. And you're going to be in your bed, and you're not going to want to get up. And that's okay. Both of those are okay. I think that you have to give yourself grace. Because it's, it's not this linear progression where you're just going to constantly be going up and up and up and up and up. I mean, that is not the case for me at all. If, one, if, if I could say one thing about it, I mean, you're going to have peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. And what I've noticed in my life, because I know that I'm, I'm about a, almost a year into to my dad's death, is that there are peaks, and I, I love the peaks, and I love when I'm feeling like, yes, I've got this, I'm, I'm moving forward, you know, and then you have these valleys. But, but the thing is, what I've noticed about these valleys is the valleys are there. I have my hard days, and as I've moved forward, with grief and living with it, I've noticed that the valleys are a little bit smaller and they're not as deep. And if there's any positives I can give you if you're dealing with grief, is that that can be, that's going to be your future. The valleys do get smaller and it's those smaller valleys. And when I realize that I am that the day is not as hard as it used to be, those are the things that give me the confidence. Those are the things that think, okay, I can continue moving forward. So, yeah, guys, you got to, it does get better. It does get a little bit easier. Give yourself some grace. And I know (laughs) that is the hardest fucking thing to do is to give yourself the grace and to forgive yourself. But those are the things that 
that grace is going to be the thing that keeps you moving forward, guys. And I think the next thing I think I want to talk about with this is, is I talked about the misconceptions of grief. And, and a lot of these misconceptions are the things that people say. And when you have, when you're experiencing loss in your life, everyone wants to help you. And it's such a wonderful thing that all these people want to help you. And it can be such a hard thing because in a lot of ways people don't know what to do or what to say. And they're just kind of, you know, in essence, throwing shit in a wall and waiting to see what will stick. And people do come from a great place. But there's so many things I think that have, that we've, truths you want to call it, about grief that, that are just not, they're not true. You know, and, and there's a few that I've gotten from the from a book, uh, the Grievers Manual, um, and there were a lot of them, but I wanted to focus on the six six of them that really I saw in my life. And these misconceptions were: don't feel bad, replace the loss, uh, grieve alone, just give it time, be strong for others, and keep busy. And these were sort of the six that. I've been seeing in my life played out constantly, the biggest ones. Um, and so the first one, don't feel bad. You know, it's it's funny. I, I think we have this idea that you can't feel bad. You're not supposed to feel bad. You're not supposed to feel sad. You're not supposed to feel anger. You're not supposed to feel these, these quote-unquote negative feelings. And... It's, it's this thing like people come up would come up to me and they were, their first thing is like, I'm going to take away this feeling of sadness because you shouldn't feel this. No, you don't want to feel this. Feeling bad is wrong. And I think <laughs> it's just funny because feeling bad and feeling sadness and hurt and pain, it's part of being human. It's part of our existence. It's, part of, it's a part of life. And we can't run away from it. And it's okay to feel bad. Someone that you love died, or you were fired from a job, or something was taken from you. I mean, when you, when you have a loss in your life, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. And I think the biggest thing I wish people would say, would have said to me, or, is it's okay to feel what you're feeling. This fucking sucks. Your dad died. You know, and... and and I think when I when I allowed myself to feel bad, this it was easier to to be sad. And then I noticed that my sadness wasn't as hard to deal with. <clears throat> and so I think that you know being okay with whatever it is you're feeling is one of the first steps to to really being able to deal with it and to move forward with this with whatever it is the loss whether it be a death whether it be something was taken from you stolen a fire being fired from a job you know it's it's, you're allowed to feel whatever it is you're feeling i think the second thing was you want to replace the loss you know it's almost like just get a puppy You replace, you replace the, 
the person or the thing with something else and that's going to be okay um <laughs> i laugh because you know it's just it's just funny um it's funny the idea of me replacing my dad with a dog <laughs> you know I, you know for me my father you know when he died there was this hole in my heart there was this space that was just empty and i think there's nothing no one no, nothing that can be that could fill that and that's okay um i think one thing i did was i did try to replace it with my son because my son was born a month after my dad passed and and there was a lot of things that that i was gonna i think in my head i was like just you know i have this this beautiful boy now and let me just he's gonna be there i'm gonna put that right there and and I'm gonna put my son in that place and man that was a big disaster um huge disaster i think that was one of the things when i think of the times last summer that was the hardest is when i was like trying to replace my dad with my son and it was just a recipe for disaster and you know nothing's going to take the place of whatever it was that you lost whether it be a person or a thing you know you just can't it's not and I, and I think that's one of the things but we we want to sort of fill it we there's just this this natural thing within humans that you just want to fill that space because when you realize you have that space and it's empty it hurts and I think this, you know, you can see that this is where addictions come from because you want to put something in there that's going to take away the pain and the sadness in it. I mean, yeah. And, and we can't, you can't replace it. You have to just, I don't want to say you have to let it go, but, but in a lot of ways you have to let them go. And letting them go and, and not putting something in there and just letting other things I don't want to say fill you with joy but let other things allowing other things to come into your life naturally it makes the space easier to deal with it's like what i was saying you know and, and this has to do with time but you know you, you got to think about this your life will grow grow around this space and that's the good thing and that's the thing that that I think I'm starting to see now is that yeah you know there is this space and that was my dad but but there's all these other things that I have that have happened to me and that are going on in my life and and my dad will always be a part of it but there's all these other things and it's not that I'm, I'm like not thinking about my dad but as life progresses you grow with it and it's awesome um, that's the thing that has been I've been noticing and that's really saved me with the idea of the loss. Um, moving on, you know, the third, one of the other misconceptions is you're supposed to grieve alone. It's like, <laughs> like, I think, 
being alone can be incredibly helpful. And it has been incredibly helpful for me in times when I am, ha and when I'm have been dealing with the loss of my dad. I, I I would take many walks on the beach, uh, sitting in our back room of my house, just just being with the feelings. You know, it, it was good to be alone, to be with you know the thoughts and the feelings and. You know, sometimes I would pray and sometimes I would talk to my dad and all that stuff. And and it helped. And at the same time, we're not, I don't think we're meant to be solitary creatures. And, and I realized that when I reached out and when I was with people, my friends, the friends that would help me and the friends that, you know, that I've reached out to before, I thought that that helped me grieve and it helped me to... To, to keep progressing and to keep growing and to keep living. And um, it was good. It, it's great. I think that, you know, and, and then when I also would reach out to people that have lost someone, you know, that in turn was helping me and the other person. And, and so we're not meant to, to always grieve alone. Sometimes you need to be by yourself. It can be too much to be around other people. I remember initially when, you know, my father was, was, was passing and, you know, the cancer was getting harder and there were all of these people coming to our house trying to, to, to kind of help us and to be there for us. I remember just moments that I would be incredibly overwhelmed by all of these people because it just was too much and it was too hard and, and they, they mean well and, and, but it just wasn't helping. And I remember even watching my brothers deal with it and just seeing my brothers just get so frustrated and so overwhelmed and so angry. And it, it, they weren't necessarily mad at the people coming over. It's just they didn't want to be around them. And, and that's okay. But I can tell you that I don't have all the answers and I needed to reach out to people. And I know that when people were reaching out to me and just certain times, that was my saving grace crying with a best friend, sitting with my wife and her just holding me as, as I was feeling whatever it is I was feeling at that moment. It was, it was a saving grace. And I think, yes, we need to be alone to figure out what it is that we're feeling and going through at the time, but we're not meant to grieve alone all the time. So you need to reach out. And that kind of leads into the misconception of you know, being strong for others. You know, I think, you know, I, I felt this a lot because, you know, I'm the oldest brother in my family. And there were, I could see my mom hurting and my brothers hurting and all these people hurting, family members. And, and I felt that I needed to be the strong one. And, you know, it, it's okay, I think, to reach out, to say that I don't got it to say especially when you're grieving because you know being strong for others in a sense is is kind of masking what you're feeling and you're you're putting a wall up that doesn't need to be there um i think um yeah there's times when you need to get stuff done and and you need to help and and there were times when i needed to be the strong one for my brothers or for my mom but but i don't need to be strong all the time it's okay to to show that you 
that you're it's not necessarily being weak but hey i don't got it right now and i need you and i need help and i and when i did that it just opened the door to so much to so much that i just never knew was was in me and these other people you know the strongest people i know know when to ask for help and when to reach out um Yeah, I'm sorry, I paused right there. You're just thinking about it. Um, we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to, to, to do everything on our own. You know, we, we need help sometimes. I need help sometimes. And dealing with grief, you're going to need help. And I know it's scary to ask for help. <laughs> Because people can hurt you and people cannot live up to this, to what you need, this expectation of what you think it is that you need. I saw that with, with, with how I felt that people should have been for my, people should have reached out for my dad. And it was all expectations of, of what I thought people should be doing. But, but when I let, let my guard down and reached out for help to tell people that, you know, this sucks and I'm, I'm really hurting right now. I was, I was always surprised at the level that people rose for me. And so reaching out, don't always be alone. You're going to need help and that's okay. Um, you know, this, the next thing is, you know, keep busy, <laughs> just keep busy. You know, I think of that the idle hands of the devil's tool. Um, <laughs> you know, keep busy. The more busy you are, the, the easier it'll be to, to deal with your grief. But uh, it's like that quote from Shelby for Scythia, which I think I'm butchering her name, you know. The grief doesn't go away. It's like a wolf, you know. You have this wolf, and that's the grief. And you can put it in the basement and lock the door and keep moving on with your life. But uh, essentially what's going to be happening is... That, that that wolf will eventually scratch at the door because it's going to want to be fed. It's going to want some water. And if you don't open the door, that wolf will just bust out. And uh, if a wolf's busting through a door, it's not going to be a pretty sight. And that's the same thing for your grief. The more busier you get... Um, and let me preface, there's a difference between being busy and living your life. I think being busy is your hiding. You're hiding from what you're feeling, what you're going through by, I don't know, finding, you know, that that rearranging your kitchen for the seventh time or, you know, moving, 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 not, you know, moving, go, 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 go. That's different from living your life. You know, you can essentially being busy is trying to replace your loss. And. This grief isn't going to go away. And the longer you let yourself, the longer you hide by being busy, the worse the grief will be when you finally get your chance to pause. Because we, you are not going to be able to go 24-7. We just physically can't. And if you, you push yourself harder and harder and harder, all of a sudden you're going to notice one day you're just going to shut the fuck down. 
and it's just all going to come crashing down. And, and I think you have to find the time to pause in this. And it's up to, you know, it's up to me, you know, when I found the time to pause, it was up to me how long I needed it to pause, but honor the pause, guys. If you're going through it, you're allowed to take a pause, even if it just sounds the most erratic and not the right time. Taking that pause saves you from so much. It saved me from so much. Pausing and just stopping for a second or an hour to just take a walk to be with the, whatever it is you're feeling just saved me so much. Um, so yeah, don't try to keep busy. You got to try to live your life. You got to keep moving. You know, I have a wife and a kid and, and they need me and I, you know, and I want to be there for them, but I don't want to a hide with, from, with them. Cause that's not okay. I don't want to replace my dad with this family. So it's finding that balance, what it is. You know, I think you'll know, you know, when you're just being busy and not dealing with your shit then living your life. I know, I know. And if I don't call it out, usually my wife does <laughs> or someone else will. <laughs> I know I have a, a buddy who he's, he's always the one that calls me out on that crap. So, uh, yeah, being busy is not going to help you. Living your life will. So, and then the last, the last misconception I think that, w that I wanted to talk about was just people say, just give it time. Just give it time. God, I remember this, this, this well-meaning woman just telling me, just give it time and you won't feel any pain. And it was it was it was like a, a three days after my dad passed and I remember wanting to to, to hit her <laughs> I feel like I need to apologize to the lady I don't remember what her name was but but I I hated that phrase so much just give it time just give it time and and it's you know there's someone said it and I don't know who it is but they said that time had the has the power to pass time does not have the power to heal and I think just giving it time doesn't do anything for you. You're just letting time pass. Now, when I'm patient with myself and knowing that this is going to be something that I'm going to be with for a while, I find power in that. Because really, when you experience loss of a loved one, you know, that loss, that grief is with you forever. It's, it's not like my dad's gonna, it's not like my dad's gonna, gonna come back. And so I have to learn to live without him, right? And so time, the more time that I live on this earth, the Yes, the easier it is for me to live with the grief, but it's not easier if I don't do the things I need to do to honor the grief and to um, to heal from the grief, sure. So I have to do the things in time and know that it's going to be a long road. And it kind of sucks to think about 
how long it is. And then it's also like freeing in a sense because I don't have to, it doesn't have to be fixed right now. Because I'm, I, you know, I'm not fixed right now. I'm healing from it. You know, and, and you guys can't see this, but but right in front of my chair is a picture of my dad and and it's there and, and I have it there so that I know I don't forget him I don't forget him. You know, but but I'm not I mean I'm I'm good. I really am. But it's a long road and that's okay. And so you know, I can't I can't just let time pass. I have to work with time and give it time and be patient in time to really heal from this and and live more I don't want to say live better not better with this that sounds dumb you guys just just live with it in in a more positive and and in a more positive way. Sure, I like that. We'll go with that, right? Yeah, living with grief in a positive way. So, so yeah, and so those were the, the misconceptions that's really helped me. I mean, I've done, I've gone through this at least once, twice, three, four times or another this year. Um, so, yeah, and so moving on, I think there are a few things that I, I, I've done that have helped me and, and I want to preface this by saying you know one I'm not a therapist I'm just a guy who lost a dad and I think that some of us we need help you know and, and I think if this stuff works for you that's awesome I really do I hope that that my hope is that in me telling you these things that it helps you um but I think reaching out to therapists, licensed professionals are so important to to us. I think mental health. I mean, we sh we need to to start being open and honest about that. So, so I think if you're really you guys are really going through it, I think and and if this helps you, great. But if it doesn't, I think reaching out to a therapist is the best thing. Um, so, so here we go. So things that I did that have helped me. One, I acknowledge the grief. I talked about that in the story. I acknowledge the fact that I, Roy, am healing from the loss of my father. And when I acknowledge the fact that I have this grief, that I'm not hiding from it, that it's here, that I'm not angry at the fact that my wife said this or that the, the students said this, that I'm really angry because my dad died what i did is i gave the grief the voice and like going back to the wolf scenario i fed it i fed that grief and it was calmer and i think it's it, it's very important because how much do we really actually acknowledge what we're feeling in the time in whatever specific time it is i think in America, or maybe it's a human thing, we want to push whatever it is that we're feeling that's that's negative, or or not conducive to what we want in the world. We want to push it aside. Let's not deal with it right now. 
we'll deal with it later. And then sometimes there's power in that when you acknowledge, I don't have the space for this right now. Let me just kind of pause and I can deal with this in a little bit. But I think so much of us, we, we push it aside and then we forget about it. And then years down the road, we're like in such a worse place than we were. I think someone told me one time that, that we hide our, our grief in our stomachs. And I noticed that, I don't know where that came from and don't, don't quote me on this, but it's like if we don't deal with our emotions, they present themselves physically in the forms of like pot bellies. Oh, is one my therapist that said that. She said that the, the, we it's kind of like the pot bellies become our protection, you know, and and so that was interesting. It's interesting to see that, and, and I've noticed that with people that those things. I also noticed that the bitter old man. You know, that, that image, you know, it's someone who they're not acknowledging that they were mad about something and it just, they pushed it aside and pushed it aside before, you know, it 30 years have passed and they're these bitter old men living alone, you know, closed off to the world. And I think I don't want that. I want to acknowledge the grief when it comes to give me the power to heal from it and to live with it in a more positive way. And so acknowledging the grief, giving it the voice gave me power um i think and that power is what has it's what gets me through each day you know it gets me out of bed it gets me to push through when i feel like i can't when i just want to sit in my car and not move um so yeah acknowledging the grief giving it the voice gives you the power and then in in acknowledging the grief, I provided, in essence, you kind of have to provide the space for it. Uh, you know, you got to give it a little space in your heart, uh, which sounds like it's not, it's not going to help you, but it does. It, it helped me immensely just providing the space for it, giving it, welcoming it into my life <laughs> and saying, okay, here you are. Here you are, grief. You can sit down. That's fine. You're with me. I'm going to walk with you. Um, because it, you know, if you don't allow for space, it's going to force its way in. Just like that wolf, I'm telling you. That's, that analogy, I mean, poof, just save me. It, you know, it, giving it the space, it, it didn't bust through. And, and I found that, you know, it's like, it's okay. It's not as bad as I thought. I can... You know, I can I can live with this, you know, giving it the space. Also, giving it time, and I think with giving it time is being patient with myself. Um, being patient with the, with the knowledge that this is going to take a while, and it's okay. And so, you know, it, it's, it's saying, okay... I got to be in this for the long haul. And I think giving it the time, I noticed that, you know, I feel like I've blinked and a year has gone by. And that's cool to think because life's going to keep going. 
I mean, that's the, that's the greatest part about this is giving it the time. And you, you're going to notice, just like I'm noticing, that, that my life is going to move forward. And I'm, there's going to be great things that are going to come. And, and um, that's awesome. But also in, in giving it the time, what I think practically in it, what I've done is, is just kind of, it's like the pause. It's saying, okay, I need a minute. Okay, I need a minute right now because I'm really feeling it right now. And and vocalizing that um, helped. There are many times when I was like, just look at my wife and look, I need, I just need a few minutes. I need some time. I'll be back. I'm really feeling it. And I mean, man, I, I <laughs> just thinking about, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, but thinking about the power that you guys, and when I mean you guys, when I, I think about the people that are in our lives um, helping us through with this grief, um, you guys have so much power to help us. Uh, my wife, just letting me have the space and the time. Um, I think... I saw how hard it was to let me go to give me that time because you know your loved ones you know they, they you know they want you in their lives and it hurts to watch you walk away for a minute but it was just so powerful the times that she gave me um, to just be with my grief because I always came back I did and 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 I came back because I was acknowledging it, providing the space for it, and then my wife was giving me time to deal with it. Um, because in that time, I noticed that, yeah, I miss my dad. But I also noticed that the longer I was away, the more I missed my mom. My, not my mom. I do miss my mom. She lives in Georgia. I don't live with her anymore. But, but I miss my wife, and I wanted to be with her, and I noticed that you know, living with my wife and my son and, and being with them and, and growing with them made it easier. So so I had to give it some time and I had to, to pause. So and so I thank you guys those of you that are in my life that allowed me the time, allowed me the space, allowed me to acknowledge what I was feeling. And if you're listening to this and, and you're one of those people that have a loved one that is dealing with loss, I think you have to know that, that we need space and time. We don't want to, you, you don't want to let us go too long because we can get lost. I think that's the one thing you need to, to understand too with grief. And, and I'm doing it now as I could get lost in the space and the time. And I needed my friends and my my wife and my loved ones to to come call me back i'm sorry if i'm going off on this but i think it really plays into to space and time um so so yeah if you're listening to that and you're to this and it's not you that's dealing with grief and it's just a loved one that you need to understand that, that that's what we need space and time but we need we need you it's like the th i wish people would say you're not alone you know i got you i'm with you you know feel whatever you're feeling but 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 we're here 
you know, because that's that lighthouse, you know, that's that light that is, is there. And if we're lost into it, we can look up and there it is. And there's my wife and there's my friends and my family. And it calls you home, you know, so that's a cool thing. Um, you know, and then I think the last thing that I did is, as I looked inward, and it kind of comes back to that last episode I did about, you know, finding balance and what it is that I need. You know, I think when you're grieving, you have to, just like in life, if you're looking for balance or you're looking for healing or you're looking for this, like, what I found is, is I just have to ask myself, what do I need? Like, what what is it? What do I want? What do I need right now? Um, you know, and, and for me, I have areas of my life that I... I call on my pillars, um, you know, my physical needs, my mental needs, my spiritual needs, and my emotional needs. And so I feel like, you know, those are the areas that, that I need to be, the pillars that are going to keep me balanced, keep me up. And so for me, I was just looking inward. What is it? What do I need right now? I think the biggest thing that I found that it helped me with my pillars, um, physical, I noticed that, um, when I go to the gym, when I'm grieving or I'm angry or I'm sad, I notice that I always leave a little bit um, better. Not just physically, I think it's those endorphin rushes from exercising. So that helped um, a lot. There are many times when I would leave the house and go to the gym and I was an angry, sad mess. And then after 45 minutes of working out and running, I come back and it's just like, all right, let's do this. Um, so it was always, you know, I, I find that, you know, going to the gym helps me. Uh, my mental state, you know, I, I go see a therapist. Um, I knew that I needed that. I needed that mental um, help. And, and that also kind of bleeds into my emotional pillar. I mean, therapy helps my mental and my emotional state. So I know that I, I go about once a month and talk and you know, I know that, that I have to do those things. I know that if I'm not regularly seeing the therapist right now, I know that that's not going to help me. Um, that's going to just cause problems for me. Um, other need is reading. I find that if I'm reading books, more reading, less television, I'm usually able to handle my grief a little bit better and life better. Uh, so that's something. And then my spiritual, you know, there's always things that I'm trying to grow in. Um, and that kind of is, I'm always looking for a book that can help me look deeper into life, uh, what it is, what's our purpose. Um, I used to call it God, sometimes I call it spirit, uh, but books that help me figure that stuff out has been great. And so those, so I found that if I'm, I'm feeding those pillars, uh, I'm able to kind of move through the grief a little bit easier. Uh, I find that I'm more balanced, and sometimes I'm I'm doing one thing more than the others. But I know that if I'm trying to do at least those four areas—physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional—meeting those needs, um, I'm usually good to go. Um, and so that, but that you know, that's different for everybody. I mean, some of us need other things, you know. But I think you have to look inward and ask yourself what it is you need, and be open to asking for it if it's a per from a person. Um, and trusting, you know, trusting 
yourself, trusting your gut. Like I need to be away. I need to go do this or I need to go do that. And then continuing to do it. Um, it changes, you know, I can't go to the gym right now. And I think none of us can because of the times that we're in, but, uh, I find things physically to do that helps. Um, so yeah, so look inward, give it time, provide grief, the space, acknowledge your grief and give it a voice. So those are the practical things that I've done. Um, thank you guys for listening so, so much. If you're, if you're still with me, um, I wanted to, you know, briefly again, reiterate my, the misconception about grieving alone. You know, I know that, uh, sometimes we want to ask for help and we don't know where to ask. And so I want to offer myself, uh, offer myself to you guys. Um, if you are struggling and you just want an ear to listen, you know, you can reach out to me through Instagram uh, or Facebook. Um, I'm around. I think locally, if you're in the Virginia Beach area and would like to sit and talk, you know, we can set that up. I think I'd love to start um, a group for people dealing with grief, you know, provide the space for us to talk about it. Um, and if you are wanting to do that, you can reach out to me as well. Um, but yeah, I think grief isn't a bad thing. When you're dealing with grief, you know, living with grief, it doesn't make you broken. It's just, it's just something that you've got to, you know, that you live with and heal from. And uh, it can be hard. It can be soul crushing and I think for me I find that like I said the more that you acknowledge it the more that you allow it in your life in a, a positive and productive way the easier it can be you're not in this alone I'm not in this alone if you are listening and you've listened to my story and it's helped you then I'm glad and and uh I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for you all that are listening and are out there. We can do this. We can get through it. Uh, and as always, I'm Roy. Be excellent to each other. And I'll see you next time.